At Get Elected, we want to put a thousand voters in the pocket of every Republican volunteer in Pennsylvania. The Get Elected app is packed with incredible voter outreach tools, including detailed voter profiles, municipal level analytics, walkbook maps, and more. Now available for pre-order. Visit thousandvotersinyourpocket.com to learn more. It's Saturday, folks, and you know what that means. It's time for the elephant in the room here on WJAS 1320 AM. I'm your host, Sam DeMarco, joined by John Schneider, the executive director of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County, and as always, our producer, Dazzling Daryl. Daryl Grandy, the man that makes everything happen. So we want to welcome you all here today. We have a great show planned for you. I'm very excited because we're just a few weeks out from the November 8th midterm elections, and we have a special guest with us today, the candidate, Republican candidate for Congress in the 17th Congressional District, my friend, Jeremy Schaefer. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sam. It's great to be on again with you. Looking forward to our conversation here today. And so are we. Hey, Jeremy, you know, we're close here at this point in time. How do you feel about the campaign? You know, I'm feeling very good. We were all over this district. Uh, This district includes half of Allegheny County and all of Beaver County. And everywhere I go, people are frustrated with the direction of our country. They're ready for change. They want real solutions and real answers. And that is exactly what we are talking about in our campaign. So I'm feeling very good about it. And uh, we're just going to keep running strong all the way to the finish line. Well, I can tell you, media was blowing up my phone on Thursday because President Biden came into town. And they want to know, they want statements, they want to know what we think, you know. And uh, as Republicans, we have a great deal of respect for the office. And we always welcome the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, to visit our region. But I would much rather he would have stayed in Washington and focused on the problems that are facing our nation. I mean, you're hearing firsthand as you go throughout the district, people concerned about inflation, concerned about gas prices, concerned about you know the fentanyl and opioid epidemic. They're concerned about crime. You know, none of these things are being touched on or being addressed. You know, what are your plans for trying to take and address some of these should you be elected on November 8th to go to Congress? Sure. Yeah. Let, well, let's take one of those uh, off the list off the top. Energy prices, which is really pushing inflation. Uh, I am back when Joe Biden went all the way over to Saudi Arabia. Do you remember when he went over and he fist bumped that Saudi dictator? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went, I did a video out in Beaver County, invited him to come up here into Western Pennsylvania, that he does not have to go fist bump foreign dictators, that he can come here, that we have the solution. We have the Saudi Arabia. We have the world's, one of the world's largest energy, energy reserves of natural gas right beneath us, right beneath our feet. And, but he has done everything, just about everything in his power to prevent us from being able to safely uh, extract that and be able to use that energy to drive down our costs, to be able to produce tens of thousands of high-paying jobs right here in Western Pennsylvania. So that's one area. Well, I'll be a strong advocate for our region, uh, for the energy industry here as well, which will, which is a win-win-win for the country, for our region, uh, for people here, for, for lower energy costs. And we're about to, uh, just the other day, we had snow flurries here in Pittsburgh. Uh, people are turning on their heating. Uh, for most of us, we use natural gas. You're going to notice that your natural gas bills are up uh, almost 30% compared to last year right now. And if you got heating oil, it's even worse. So, you know, we have solutions like that that uh, really, uh, I've been talking with moderate Democrats, with Republicans. Uh, these are bipartisan solutions that we just need to uh, avoid um, uh, the, the progressive left is really shutting these down. So I'd love to talk to Joe Biden. I'd love to talk with him about so many of those issues that you just brought up, Sam. Well, there's no doubt when you go to Congress that you're going to raise the IQ uh, of, of that body, okay? Uh, because it amazes me that someone like the president, who went on television on Wednesday pillaging uh, and attacking gas companies for the rising gas prices, doesn't understand basic economics. And he has a national economic team that apparently doesn't either because they really don't get supply and demand. And what's difficult for me and I know for you and many of our listeners is to have to go through this, paying these higher energy costs, having to take and try to determine you know, what we're going to spend our money on when we have the ability to drill and increase production here and relieve these, uh, that, that pressure you know, from our citizens. Very That's frustrating. Exactly right. Yeah, it is very frustrating. And, and, you know, on the one hand, he, he, his policy, if you remember, he's been draining our strategic petroleum reserve. Um, he announced another major withdrawal from the strategic petroleum reserve to take it down to uh, a low that's not been seen in over 40 years. 
And this is at the same time that our supposed ally that he went over to, Saudi Arabia, announced a two million barrel a day cut in petroleum reserves. We are put he is putting this country in a very dangerous position. Um, and all he really needs to do is to free Western Pennsylvania companies and other companies around this country to help uh, help do what they do best to create jobs to be able to safely extract the natural gas and the oil that we need here and to lower the cost so that we can end the suffering. Energy prices are one of the number one drivers of the inflation that is really crushing the families here in Western Pennsylvania. We see our food prices that are up double digits. One of the big reasons that food prices are up are the, uh, the, the increased transportation costs. All of us, I mean, I put regular gasoline in my car, but the trucks that move those products around that take to the grocery store, from the warehouses, those use diesel. Don't forget diesel gas price. Diesel prices are up far more than regular gas prices. And, um, and, and energy also is used to produce things such as a fertilizer. It's, I've, you know, not many farms in our district, but there are some. And right now, you know, fertilizing, uh, fertilizer costs are up 2x, 3x. And that all trickles into the prices that we pay at the grocery store, um, the prices we pay at restaurants, uh, at other stores that we go to, and it's really causing Western Pennsylvania families uh, an immense pain. And this is a pain of Joe Biden and the left's own making. Yeah, and you know, I, I think the only way we can sum this up is chaos, okay? <clears throat> because they are doing so many things wrong on so many different levels and areas that it's difficult to keep up. I mean, you mentioned the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. For our listeners who may not be aware, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is intended to be able to be back up or supply our country in case of war where there may be some sort of disruption in our oil supplies. You know, it's not intended to take and try to use for political purposes to temporarily lower the price of gasoline. See, when he takes money or takes oil out of the Petroleum Reserve, it doesn't actually do anything uh, as far as increased production or to address anything long-term. All it does is put a little boost temporarily that day or shortly thereafter on the market, you know, to try to keep the cost down a few cents. But it doesn't solve a problem. And while it may go down temporarily, it's going to go right back up. And this move on Wednesday was overtly political, just trying to struggle to get through the midterms where he knows that he and his party face a very difficult road. Yeah, that's right. And look, I'm an engineer, as you know, Sam, and Mm -hmm. I'm all about like, all right, let's identify the problem and let's come up with a long-term effective solution. And uh, so much of what is going on in Washington, D.C. has been actually just kicking the can down the road. Uh, Look at our national budget. You know, I was a Ross Township commissioner, a uh, small business owner. We had to, I had to balance my small business budget here yeah. in Allegheny County. I had to balance the Ross Township budget. I have to work with my wife, Stacy to balance our family budget. But uh, we now have a 31, I think it was just last week, we, we crossed over $31 trillion in debt in this country. And uh, instead of trying to stop, to stop digging the hole deeper, um, my opponent and Joe Biden have proposed trillions and trillions of dollars in more spending that would just keep adding on to the national debt. And, and this, this doesn't end well. Um, this doesn't end well if we don't get this under control. And this is a problem we cannot keep kicking the can down the road on. We need leaders uh, like myself uh, who in Washington, D.C., who go down there and, and prioritize things, uh, just like we've all, like so many Western Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania families are having to do right now. Um, prioritize things, make the tough choices necessary, balance our budget, and begin to get this under control. Because when we don't have these balanced budgets, that's another driver of inflation uh, that's causing there. So, you know, look, I'm a problem solver. And uh, and I guess one note of optimism, people tell me sometimes they're like, well, Jeremy, you know, Joe Biden's still going to be president. Yeah, he's going to be president here for uh, another two years. Um, uh, and But the, the one thing I will say is that if you remember the last time that we had a balanced budget in this country was when we had Bill Clinton as president, a Democrat as president, mm-hmm. and we had a Republican Congress. That was the last time we had a balanced budget. So there is hope. Um, I'm hopeful that Republicans will win control here in the U.S. Congress and U.S. Senate. And we can then put, put, put the partisanship aside, put the politics aside, work with the president, um, as best possible and try to deliver an outcome that benefits our country and balances the books. 
Well, you know, that sounds like a great idea, and I'm happy to look forward to that. Uh, I anticipate you winning here on November 8th, especially as more and more voters find out about your opponent, uh, Chris Deluzio. Yeah. I had no idea, you know, how extreme this individual was until I saw him, you know, a Bernie Sanders delegate, okay, uh, take, saying he takes his cues from uh, Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, I just saw her. She she had just had a town hall in her area where the folks in the town, they're telling her she's got to go, okay? Yep. And she was dancing to the chants. I mean, this is insane. And I think what happens is uh, what we're finding out, you know, you as an engineer understand that you got to deliver solutions, okay? And so many of these other people have promised pie in the sky things to people out there that they can't possibly deliver. And now their base and the folks that voted for that are showing some discontent. But I'm really concerned about uh, your opponent's comments regarding things like his ties with Summer Lee, you know, donating to her. Because one of the things, uh, as Allegheny County Council, I'm concerned uh, about the serious crime we're facing in Allegheny County today. Just had two women, well, three people were murdered, shot to death on the north side here on Saturday night, two of which were innocent bystanders just sitting at a bus stop. You've had 81 shootings on the south side since January. You had three shootings in Carrick, or three shot in Mm -hmm. Carrick the other night. I mean, the crime here is, violent crime particularly, is out of control. And folks here aren't doing anything about it. The city of Pittsburgh just recently uh, said they're going to adopt new standards because they're not getting applicants to fill the police ranks. So they want to lower the standards to, hey, you just have to have an associate degree. Okay. Well, the problem isn't lowering, or the the solution isn't lowering the standards. It's stopping demonizing our police and threatening to defund them, okay? Uh, Telling them that you want to take away their qualified immunity. And and these are the things that your opponent appears to support by supporting Summer Lee. Yeah, no, it's it's downright scary. Um, You referenced that shooting on the north side, um, which was uh, just about a week ago. And uh, that was right in front of a giant eagle and a Sunoco gas station on Cedar Avenue. I've, I've been to that giant eagle many, many times and that, that gas station many times. And um, it, that's right in front of the Minova Place uh, facility there. And uh, it, it's scary. And right now what you see down there is uh, I was down there for the Steelers game to walk by. Mm-hmm. And there's about 30 homeless tents there, too. And these are problems that, uh, that just should not should not be there. My opponent... Yeah, his solution, just uh, on Wednesday, he was with the head of the Progressive Caucus, uh, Mrs. Jayapal, from, uh, who is oh openly, a defund, yeah, openly a defund the police person. While he was out in Philadelphia raising money from radical progressives, I was here with FOP1, FOP4, FOP91, all the fraternal orders of police that cover mm-hmm. our district, as well as with uh, Beaver County um, uh, Sheriff Tony Guy. Uh, receiving law enforcement support. So, look, I stand with our police, our heroes, our first responders that put their lives on the line every day. Uh, they deserve our support. This, this shouldn't even be a partisan issue. Democrats, Republicans, we should be standing up with our police. And it really saddens me to see that my opponent has aligned himself with the defund the police crowd, that he's personally bankrolled people like Summer Lee, like Bernie Sanders, like some of these other progressives. And uh, it, it's something that I think just it doesn't if, if Western Pennsylvanians knew the truth about this, they would not stand for it. So I'm glad you're you're bringing it up here, Sam. Well, no, listen, I, I you know, I have to because I live in the 17th Congressional District. You know, I want somebody representing me in Washington who's going to stand up and try to do something about inflation, who's going to take and work to bring down my energy cost. You know, you talked about budgeting and families budget. How do they budget? When inflation is going up in excess of 8% annually right now, the rate, right? When energy costs are rising, you know, you could try to budget today, but these increasing costs are going to blow a hole in your budget next month, right? So what do we do? Yeah, and if you're a small businessman, um, you know, I've talked to some of these construction companies and small business contractors and others, you know, they they have to go out there, they're bidding on jobs, and then, uh, you know, they've got thin margins, and then they turn around. And all of a sudden, the prices that they were expecting, uh, you know, a week or two later could have gone up 10 percent. 
and uh, it, it basically they end up losing money on some of these jobs, and it becomes a a, a very challenging system in which to do business. Um, and and it, inflation hurts everyone. There's there are people, there's retirees out there. I've talked with a lot of retirees on fixed uh, pensions in our area. Mm-hmm. But when we have we have inflation that's running, just core inflation is running at over nine percent right now. Um, they're they're getting hit from both ends. Uh, the, their fixed pension, let's say they're getting $1,000 a month, that's basically being whittled away. That $1,000 a month is going 9% for less far than what it did a year ago. And then every year inflation is running this hot. It's another 9%, another 9%, another 9% until the, the value of their money has been cut in half or more. And and then likewise, people who've saved their whole life, and now they're entering their golden years. They've got this nest egg, and it could be in a 401k. They're getting hit. The money they have in there has been getting uh, uh, getting hit hard in the stock market because inflation is creating this hurting our businesses we talked about earlier. So they're seeing their 401k become a 201k, and now the money that is left goes much less far. So people are getting hit on all sides. So we we absolutely need to get inflation under control. You know, we we need to be holding pri- holding primetime hearings on inflation, on the drug crisis, and uh, yeah, I mean, you you brought up drugs earlier, Sam, and I think. That's important that we talk about that because far too few people talk about the drug crisis here. And I think all of us, we know someone, some family that we're connected to, sometimes someone you would never have expected it, that this drug crisis has taken someone's life tragically, that it's, it's, it's ruined a family. It's, it's, uh, it's really hurt someone. Right now in this country, there are over 300 people a day that die from overdoses, things like fentanyl that's pouring through our out-of-control border. And that's equivalent of if we had two 737s taking off from the Pittsburgh International Airport every day and crashing, and everyone would be tragically killed on them. Can you imagine if we had two 737s crashing every day in this country? I guarantee you that Congress would not be sitting back and taking this lightly. There would be immense. The president would be talking about it. Congress would be talking about it. We would all be trying to come up with a solution. But unfortunately, right now, no one seems to care. They're doing nothing at the border. They're doing very little to get it solved. And we need to come together as a country and get this solved. Well, here in Pennsylvania, I mean, you hit, you touched on it about the number of people that are dying here because of this. And here in Pennsylvania, we had made some significant uh, progress back in uh, 2017, 2018 timeframe and trying to reduce the number of overdose deaths we had in Allegheny County with the help of the U.S. Attorney's Office. Former U.S. Attorney Scott Brady was there. They targeted you know many of these drug-dealing gangs to take these folks off the street and things like that. And not only were they able to reduce the number of overdose deaths, as a matter of fact, they were also able to reduce the number of uh, you know violence, uh, crimes of violence, gun violence, because so much of it revolves around you know uh, crime. And, and what's happening here it revolves around drugs. And what's happening here yeah. now is we have, uh, you know, this president with open borders, basically, you know, allowing an invasion at our southern border in untold amounts of drugs. I mean, not just, you know, but fentanyl and, and everything else coming across. Okay. Yeah. Um, how many people were captured or were, were caught that were on our terrorism watch list? Okay. There, we have some real challenges here. We need leadership in Washington. And I look forward to you being able to provide that when the voters of the 17th Congressional District elect you on November 8th. Now, Jeremy, if someone wants to help your campaign, you know, they want to come in and donate here now, or they want to take and volunteer, how do they do that? Where do they go? Yeah, so you, our website is the best place to go to volunteer or make a donation. You can just go, and the website is my name, jeremyshafer.com. And Schaefer, there's no C in Schaefer, so it's S-H-A-F-F-E-R. I think we've got a lot of yard signs out there, so if you need to, just, just drive by one of my yard signs, take a picture, and type that in, jeremyshafer.com. <laughs> and we'd love to have your support. We've only got uh, just about two weeks to go here, and every bit helps, whether or not you're able to help address a postcard, make a donation of any size, or stand outside a poll on Election Day. We will take whatever support you're able to do, and there's something for everyone. Well, I know early Thank voting, you. well, I'm going to call it early voting, but mail-in voting has already started. You know, many of people have received their ballots that it applied, and they're returning them. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, when we look, there is a distinct Democrat edge here in Allegheny County or in your district. Looks like about 13% of the requested absentee ballot or mail-in ballots have been requested by Republicans. So that's going to mean we need Republicans to turn out to the polls on November 8th and not just go themselves, you know, but bring their family members, co-workers, you know, relatives, neighbors, whomever else they can get to go and vote, do their civic duty, and, uh, 
you know, show up and, and make their voices be heard because you can't sit at home and go through this. I mean, you know, we talk about the highest inflation rate we've had in over 40 years. Gas prices are, you know, uh, the the only thing that's saving them from being records are how bad they were in June, you know, when they set record prices, okay? Yep. I mean, our energy prices, like you said, they're up 30% for home heating and things like that. Folks can't, I mean, you can't sit on the sidelines and not weigh in here. And uh, anybody paying attention, they know the uh, right lever to pull or the right name to mark off. And for me, that's uh, Jeremy Schaefer and Republicans as we look to turn this thing around and, and start steering in a new direction here. Yeah, that's exactly right, Sam. And thank you for your support. Uh, and everyone really needs to get out to vote. Look, this, this election is going to be very close on multiple races and across our state and here in my, my own. And it, it is sad. A lot of people just come out and vote in presidential elections. These off-year elections are sometimes the most critical ones. They're just as critical. Uh, you know, especially, you know, I, I remind people in the odd number of years to vote in your school board and your local races. But this year, we've got a U.S. Senate, governor's candidate, U.S. House, state House, state Senate candidates. And sadly, traditionally, one out of two people stay at home and don't vote. So I would just encourage everyone to get out and vote. Get your friends, get your, get your people from your... Uh, churches, from your work, from your volunteer fire department, you know, get get the people that you know in your clubs. Tell them how important this election is. I ask you to tell them about me. Uh, tell them about other candidates that you believe in and ask them to go vote. It takes a few minutes, and uh, but it makes a huge difference. Uh, just remember, every time you're filling up your gas tank, that elections have consequences. Well, you could have said it better there. You know, hey, vote for Jeremy Schaefer. Uh, he's the engineer with the solutions to our problems and the beautiful family. You know, you know, that's an amazing family. Hey, tell us a little bit about your wife. I saw a commercial. She was speaking last night. You know, tell us a little bit about Stacy. Yeah, my wife's amazing. I I tell you, amazingly blessed uh, to be married to her. She was the daughter of a career Marine. Uh, We actually met right outside Quantico Marine Base and uh, got married on the base. She is a medical doctor, internal medicine, geriatrics. And she's also the mother of five. She is an amazing professional, an amazing mother, amazing community servant. She uh, volunteers at m- numerous of our, of our kids' clubs uh, to help help keep everything from the swim team going to Daughters of the American Revolution going. She's active there, and I'm, I'm tremendously fortunate to be able to call her my wife. And when we campaign, it, we campaign as a whole family. We go out there. My kids are involved. I've got it senior in high school at Pine Richland, all the way down to a six-year-old who's in first grade. And uh, so we, there's something for all of them, from the six-year-old who loved just helping me at parades to putting stamps on envelopes to my older kids who actually get out there and do doors with me. So we're trying to, in the Schaefer household, we're trying to train up the next generation well. Well, I think you're doing a fantastic job, you and Stacy. you know. And uh, listen, Jeremy, if, if you, I want to give you a couple minutes here to give a closing message you know, we got two weeks to go here, basically, till the next election. You know, give a closing message to the people of the 17th Congressional District and our listeners. Tell them, you know, why they should vote for Jeremy Schaefer. Yeah, I've been tremendously blessed, Sam. I've lived the American dream. I was born to teenage parents. I was very humble means. And I always had to work hard my whole life. But I knew that I was born in the greatest country in the history of the world. And that if I worked hard and I applied myself, that I had a reasonable chance to have success here in this great country. And that, that's what I did. I uh, mowed a lot of yards, worked, got scholarships, put myself through school, uh, ended up at Carnegie Mellon, where I got a PhD in electrical and computer engineering, started a small business, focused on keeping our roads and bridges safe right here uh, in this country and had almost 40 employees, every single one of them based here in this country. Uh, and I sold my company and been blessed with an amazing family. And so I, I truly, I'm the poster child for living the American dream here. But what I see right now is that that dream is under threat for this generation and for the next generations. The big government, massive spending socialism um, that uh, my opponent and so many others uh, are proposing is going to take this country in completely the wrong direction. Look, if, if you're happy with the direction this country is going, if you're happy with out-of-control inflation, with massive budget deficits and the crime that we have, then, then don't vote for me. Uh, vote for my opponent if you're happy with that. But if you want someone who will work in a bipartisan way to try to get things done and to clean up the mess in Washington, D.C., then I ask for your support. Uh, I have a proven track record 
as a small business owner, uh, community servant, served on local libraries like Northern Library, and Northern Tier Library, coached your kids' youth sports teams. And, um, and I also, you know, as a Ross Township commissioner, I was president of Ross Township, and that was on a board that was six Democrats and three Republicans. Uh, you know, I know uh, this is you know, talking with you on a Republican show here, but there are a lot of um, good conservative, moderate Democrats here in Western Pennsylvania who want the same things that we do. They want good quality education, safe, safe community, good roads. They don't want bridges that are collapsing. And there's so much that we can agree on in this country that if we work together, we, we can really uh, continue to make this country an even better place. So I would ask for your vote. I will passionately fight for this region, for our country, and uh, please vote on November 8th. Well, Jeremy, I think you, you, you hit the ball out of the ballpark there. Uh, and we're going to say goodbye here for this segment. Thank you so much for joining us on The Elephant in the Room. Um, best of luck on November 8th. Right, thanks for having me on. We'll go win it for you here. You got it. Got Folks, it. we'll be right back on The Elephant in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM. Midterm campaign season will be over before you know it. Take a small step now to get ready for those critical 2023 school board and municipal elections and help a great cause at the same time. Pre-order your annual subscription to get elected before the end of the year and we'll donate $5 to Folds of Honor chapters across Pennsylvania. Visit thousandvotersinyourpocket.com to learn more. Folks, welcome back to our second segment here on The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. Hey, John, what a great segment we had in the first segment we had with Jeremy Schaefer, uh, candidate for Congress in the 17th Congressional District. Now we have someone here today running for the State House. Rep, running for representative in the 21st State House District, Frank Perman. And Frank has got some information that he wants to share with us and with our listeners here relative to his race in his district. Frank, welcome to the Elephant in the Room. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you being here. And now, Frank, I know you've been out there working hard, knocking on doors, going to events, everything you can to make voter contact. What are you hearing at the doors? Uh, I would say the majority of people who are talking issues are talking about the economy. They're talking about groceries. They're talking about gas. They're talking about the utilities. Um, it's pocketbook. It's their bank uh, book. It's their checkbook. Well, I mean, I think you, you nailed it. We talked about that in the first segment. You know, uh, all the problems people have with inflation, you know, with the economy as a whole, we're in a recession, gas prices, rising energy costs to heat your home. And now you're locked in a tough race with a Democrat incumbent. And, uh, you know, I don't know if how many people in the district know just what your opponent thinks of them. We have a clip here we'd like to play. Daryl, could you roll this clip? New at 6 right now, Channel 11 News confronting State House candidate Sarah Enamorado after she made inflammatory comments about people in her district. My district, which I know is like white working class, poor folk who are racist. Nice. Nice, Frank. That's nice. Call the people that you would like to represent racist. What do you have to say about that? Uh, Sam, it's probably one of the saddest political quotes I've ever heard. It's just sad. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know how. You know, she could get away with this. You know, I, how anyone could vote for someone. I mean, because being called a racist is one of the most despicable things that you can call someone. You know, um, and it's just, it's just, it boggles my mind that that's how she feels about the people in her district. Yeah, now, it's um, it's it's unbelievably disrespectful. Um. And it's, it's not something that we need right now. That's not the type of language we need when there are so many things that are more pressing. Well, we, you know, we need people that are willing to work together to get things done, okay? And people that are willing to represent a district. Now, it's okay to represent the district uh, and go to Harrisburg and pull down a $100,000 a year salary uh, all while laughing because you view your constituents as racist. You know, Daryl, for our listeners who may have been, can't believe their ears on what they heard, could you play that again for us? 
New at 6 right now, Channel 11 News confronting State House candidate Sarah Enamorado after she made inflammatory comments about people in her district. My district, which I know is like white working class, poor folk who are racist. There you got it, folks. Hearing it directly from State Representative Sarah Enamorado about how she feels about the poor white working folk in her district. I mean, absolutely uh, despicable. You know what else? Hey, this is somebody that wants to run. She's running for, con or excuse me, she's running for state representative here right now, but she's telling people out there that she wants to run to be the county executive of Allegheny County. You know, I, I can tell you right now, as a resident of Allegheny County, I don't intend to vote for anybody that wants to call me racist. What are the folks in your community telling you, Frank? Um, I think most of the ones who, who hear it, they're, they're saying that that's shocking. Um, consider that the district is 70% new um, during this, this horrendous redistricting. Um, you know, they don't know. You know, they would just think, oh, this is just a, 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 a nice little race between two people and, oh, she's wonderful and, oh, he's wonderful and let's pick the person who we think is the most wonderful. And, you know, the quote itself is, uh, as I said, it's, it's just sad and disrespectful. Well, I think it's something, you know, I've tried to share with people. <clears throat> Having been an elected official here for the last seven years uh, and then representing the Republican Committee of Allegheny County as a chairman, and, I, you know, I'm on state committee, so I'm around a lot of elected officials. Most folks have no idea what the lives of elected officials are like. You know, some folks think, oh, it's just some nice cushy thing, you know, you go all these different places a whole bit. But to do the job properly, you have to work your rear end off, okay? there You don't have off days because there's always something. There's always, you know, the, we have so many problems. And you have people out there that are looking for help. And, and I know the reason why I do it is because when you can help someone to make a difference in their life, there is no bigger sense of satisfaction or feeling that I've gotten because I know that I've helped somebody, okay? <clears throat> but here's a state representative. Can you name one single thing, one, that she's accomplished in her four years? Um, yes, I can. <clears throat> she voted against House Bill 975, which uh, Carrie Del Rosso uh, uh, was the prime sponsor that would criminalize, further criminalize um, sexual assault of senior citizens, uh, mentally challenged and physically challenged people in a care facility. She was one oh of my eight gosh. people to vote no on that bill. So that was one thing she accomplished. Well, um, I, I, I wouldn't call very sad. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, yeah, let's not call that an accomplishment. <laughs> let's 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 put that up as a, uh, you know, in the hall of dishonor. Okay, it's something that she's done here. So, you know, not only does she believe her constituents are racist, but she votes against protecting some of our most vulnerable citizens, those elderly, elderly citizens that are in senior care facilities, and she votes against protecting them from sexual assault. Yeah, absolutely. Unbelievable. Again, also sad and disrespectful. Well, I think that's an understatement. You know? <clears throat> so, Frank, I'm sorry. No, you're all right. You're good. No, I was just going to say, Frank, I mean, I think the, the, the two things that I've just heard, in my view, you know, make her unqualified for this office, okay? And I hope the residents or the constituents of uh, District 20, or State House District 21 you know, recognize this. Uh, tell me, you know, what your plans in the campaign, how do we, how do you want to get this out there so that people can see this? Have you talked to any of the television stations about this? Um, no, right now, nobody's really paying attention to the, to the smaller races, the state house races, um, and just a slightly more to the state Senate races. But, um, let's face it, I'm the, I'm the part of the totem pole right now that's still underground, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not catching a lot of uh, a lot of attention at the moment. So, um, but 
that's to be expected um, when you have uh, Fetterman Oz, when you have Mastriano and Shapiro. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and you also have Jeremy Schaefer and Deluzio. So, that, you know, there's, there's all these races that are gathering so much media and so much attention that, it, you know, the state house race looks more like it's uh, almost an afterthought. And that's what I'm trying to get people to realize that I'm the one who's going to be in your district. I will be there. You know, and I'm not going to go and run for another position um, while, while we're doing it. I'm, I'm there to help. I'm familiar with all these neighborhoods. I've knocked on doors in every single neighborhood in this district myself with my people, but I've been there. And I see things that, that uh, aren't being talked about. And I see I see people, and I see um, some of the some of the uh, uh, things that need to be done uh, with the infrastructure, roads, um, bridges, uh, parks. You know, I, I know that I can do the job, and I can I can be effective. Well, I, I I think you can as well. You know, when I was asking about Sarah Intermarada's accomplishments, you know, you have a long history as a small businessman. Do you want to talk about that? Because you're somebody that understands what it takes to get things done. You know, you understand many of the issues or the challenges that you have when dealing with the state, dealing with the regulatory environment out there, or the, just the roadblocks that get in your way. You want to talk about how you've been able to overcome them and build a successful business? Well, the, I've been a licensed funeral director in Pennsylvania now for over 32 years. Probably the, the, the thing I understand most and what I've learned over these years is that there are so many more similarities between people than differences. I have held a hand and hugged and cried with people at the absolute worst possible times of their life as a funeral director. Um, and this is without regard to their background, to their sex, to their race, to their age. I've worked with people in trouble. And that has been very rewarding for me personally. And to see somebody move on um, I don't like to use the word closure. I like to use the word resolution because when I think of the word closure, it's like closing a book. But we're not closing the book on somebody's life. There is always the memory. And with uh, photographs and videos, you can always go back and reopen the book and read a chapter and just smile and remember. Now, the business side of things, um, heck, I just hired somebody two and a half weeks ago. So I'm still creating jobs. Um, I understand what it's like to uh, deal with the regulatory environment. As a funeral director, I deal with the federal government, usually through the Veterans Administration, Social Security Administration. On the state level, um, I deal with the Bureau of Vital Records. Uh, on the county, I deal with the uh, medical examiner's office often. I deal with so many different governmental agencies. Um, you've got to be very, very careful with crossing T's and dotting I's. Um, so you get used to that. You just get you just get used to that. Um, well, that's good to know. I mean, <clears throat> but you have that experience, and that's something that you could take to Harrisburg to be able to work on the behalf of the constituents in your district. Now. So, Frank, if someone wanted to donate to your campaign or help in your campaign, you know, how would they go about doing that? What's the best way to reach you? Well, um, I can be reached at www.permanforthehouse.com, and that's P-E-R-M-A-N-F-O-R-T-H-E-H-O-U-S-E.com, permanforthehouse.com. That's my website. Uh, you can get in touch. You can leave me a message. Uh, you can donate. We need help. I'm still doing door-to-door. -door. I'm dropping some mail. There's, there's a lot of things. We're putting up yard signs. So that's the best way to get in touch with me. 
Well, we appreciate you sharing it. So uh, let me t- let me ask you, what does the campaign look like right now? You know, how how, uh, how do you feel headed toward November 8th? You know, at this point, with uh, less than three weeks to go, you're cautiously optimistic. Uh, but this race is difficult. The, the registration is um, seemingly insurmountable. However, I do see a, a possible road to victory. Um, and that's why I'm asking people, you know, jump in on this. This is, this is an opportunity to um, overcome uh, registration that should never have happened, um, in this district should have never happened. Um, I'm working my rear end off getting out there and contacting the voters uh, saying hello, putting mail in their uh, in their mailboxes, and um, you know, just telling them that this is this is who I'm running against. This, is, in her own words, this is who I'm running against. If this is what you want, then that's what you vote for. But understand what you're getting. With me, I'm a problem solver. Uh, I have been all my life. I've been involved in the community. And uh, I think that, that this is the kind of change and this is the kind of voice that you need in Harrisburg. Well, Frank, thank you so much. If you had, if there's anything else you'd like to say to the listeners. There's a lot of things I would like to say to the listeners. First of all. That's thank- scary, Frank. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I folks, I say, I say that in fun because Frank's a great comedian. So. Oh, this is, well, the comedy you know, I, I did take a break. I've been I've been doing stand up um, for for over twelve years, and I've taken a break during the uh, during the race uh, because I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm what I say. Um, but I have been clean, and I have been uh, dealing with issues that are are germane to to the people who who I stand in the front of, and I will do the same thing and not be. A comedian when I go to Harrisburg you know comedy needs to stay on the stage and not go to Harrisburg well well said Frank well listen thank you so much for joining us today on the elephant in the room we really appreciate it and wish you the very best good luck on November 8th thank you Sam I appreciate that and thanks to John you got it you have a great day my friend you too now John how about that uh, call here with Frank can you believe that Representative Inamorado said that about the constituents in her district? I, I was shocked when he shared it for with me for the first time two weeks ago. In fact, we actually shared it on our, our social media, our Facebook, the RCAC Facebook page here. And uh, we got an incredible response of uh, people kind of upset and just, you know, found it, find it uh, kind of appalling. It's, I mean, un- unbelievable. I think we need to get that out and let folks know that uh, – that this is actually taking place, that this is how she feels about them. Because certainly someone that believes that should not in any way be representing the people of the uh, of that district. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why she would want that office if that's what she thinks of her constituents. Yes, absolutely. So, hey, listen, as we're looking to close this show in our remaining minutes, I think what I'd like to do is speak directly to our listeners here, particularly any of the Republicans out there. It is critically important critically important that you go to the polls on November 8th and it's not enough just for you to go and vote but you need to take as many of the like-minded people that you know whether they're members of your family friends neighbors co-workers parishioners <clears throat> you know I was looking at the mail-in ballots here and uh, you know we are at a distinct disadvantage statewide right now it looks like our candidates could wake up the morning of November 8th, and B, potentially 650,000 votes down. And that judgment is just based upon the differential between the number of Republicans that have requested mail and absentee ballots and the Democrats. Folks, we cannot, absolutely cannot allow Democrats to use the up to 50 days they have, you know, with early voting via voting by mail, to be able to turn out their folks and then just to rely on us to go on one day. Now, I know on November 8th that you out there, you listeners, 
you're going to brave sleet or snow, rain or shine. You're going to get to the poles. But we have no idea what the weather will be like. We have no idea you have other circumstances that may come into play. So what we don't know, we have no idea of how many other people are going to get out there. Okay? And that's what we need to do. We need to get every single vote that we can. Otherwise, we end up looking uh, at a potential uh, Fetterman, John Fetterman for Senate, uh, Josh Shapiro for governor. And we can't allow this to happen. You know, not just the country is going in the wrong direction, but our Commonwealth is as well. I mean, it was just two short years ago, although we've tried to push it out of our memory, make it seem like a decade ago, that we suffered through the pandemic and the business closures, the school closures, the mask mandates, the, you know, locking down nursing homes so that your parents or grandparents had to die alone. I mean, folks, it is unacceptable, unacceptable for us not to do everything we can as patriots to go out there and want to turn the direction of this ship around. I know that you folks are open to doing it. I hear from you. I get your emails, get your voicemails. I get your phone calls. I know that you care, and I know that you want to make this happen. But, you know, all this stuff you see about a red wave and you see the polls starting to become what I believe they've been all along, just pollsters are just trying to get closer to what's actually going to happen, paying more attention. But folks, this isn't a self-fulfilling prophecy. It doesn't happen based upon polls. It doesn't happen on its own. It only happens when you go out there and vote. So we need to go out and vote. We need to make our voices heard. We need to turn this thing around if we hope to save this great country. You know, we call the United States of America and, you know, our uh, Commonwealth. So, John, that was my little public service announcement there, you know, trying to reach folks that we want to get out there. Now, hey, let's give them some news, okay? Uh, Many of you folks out there that have been concerned about election integrity, we got some news for you, okay? Um, Voting rolls. Now, people are concerned about the voting rolls. I hear it all the time, and I'm concerned as well. But I also have tried to share with people how we're hamstrung many times by federal law in the Voting Rights Act. For example, it says that you can't remove anybody from the voting rolls within 90 days of election, either before or after. So, you know, folks are coming to me and say, hey, there's somebody on the rules that shouldn't be there. I get it, but we can't just take them off here, particularly at this time. But this is what we are doing up here. Uh, One of our uh, city committee members sent us a spreadsheet or a file that listed 17,000 uh, names that these were folks that lived lived in Allegheny County or registered in Allegheny County, but that no longer live in Allegheny County. So we got together with our data folks. We cross-referenced it against the list of absentee and mail-in vote applications that have been approved by the county. We've identified 570 people on that list that are getting or are being mailed mail-in or absentee ballots, that their address, according to the post office's national change of address list, don't live here in Allegheny County. So I want to just issue a statement to those folks now. We're watching, you know, and if you're not registered, if you're not permitted to vote here because you're registered somewhere else, we're coming after you if you vote here. Secondly, we also have another project going on we're looking on it. And, John, and this is something that you were working on yeah. with me. Someone has brought to you a list of people registered at addresses that don't exist, you know, such as on Western Avenue here on the north side. Uh, for example, I think 1211 was an address. says three people were registered there. There is nothing there. There is nothing. There's no structure. The 1211. There's nothing there, yeah. Okay? And we have a number of other places where people are registered to vote at businesses. Yes. Okay. Now, that, we have to check into that. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's fraud. But we certainly have some challenges here. You know, and I want to take and reference that list that we have there against the absentee mail-in ballot list and find out, have those folks requested ballots, and where are they being sent? Yes, we're looking you know, into that. Because, yeah, because you could be registered to vote and have your ballot sent somewhere else. So 
my message to all of you Republicans, all of you independents, all of you conservative Democrats who are worried about election integrity out there is that we're watching and we're working on it, okay? And if you're somebody out there that wants to take advantage of our electoral system, we're going to catch you. So just want to let that message out there so that everybody knows you're forewarned because we're forearmed. So, John, you know, what else? What did I leave out? Nothing. I mean, I, I think you covered it, though. Uh, I don't know if we have any time left here. A lot of people are talking about the Hannity. Uh, the Hannity. Oh, the uh, town hall last town night. Hall last night. I, my phone was blowing up throughout the whole thing, and I'm sure yours was, too, mm-hmm. about uh, people's reaction to it. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, he had, he had, uh, he had uh, Dr. Oz on with Senator Cotton, Senator uh, Scott from Scott. South Carolina. Newt Gingrich, uh, you know, and then he had uh, uh, Senate Senator Doug Mastriano on the tail end of that to talk about, you know, his race, you know, for governor here and some of the things he would like to accomplish in the first 100 days. And one of the things that should be important to folks is Senator Mastriano talked about, he said, hey, he said, day one, he said, it's drill, baby, drill. Yeah. You know, so people are looking at these higher energy prices, you know, when you're concerned about that, if that you care about that, you need to be looking at Senator Mastriano in his race for governor. I can tell you, personally, having met this man a number of times, he is not, not the extremist that you see presented to you on television through the attack ads of his opponent, Attorney General Josh Shapiro. You know, uh, an attorney general who has failed to protect the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And you know what they say, when you fail to do the job you have, you certainly shouldn't get a promotion. So, folks, uh, think about this. As you start to look to go to the polls on November 8th, vote Republican. But, folks, again, this is Sam DeMarco, your host on The Elephant in the Room, 1320 AM, WJAS. Join you next week. We'll give you a report next week as we're about a week out then from the election. Have a great weekend. Hope to see you soon. Goodbye.